Welcome to Get the Feck Out, a podcast for wannabe expats. If you want to move to another country, we want to help you. I'm Tara Calliman, an American living in Ireland with my family, enjoying the crack. I'm Caroline Donahue, an American getting ready to move from Los Angeles to Berlin with too many pets. Join us for episodes with practical tips and advice born from our experience getting the feck out. Here's the show. Hey, everybody. We are really excited to share this episode. This is a special episode. Very special. Yeah, for a number of reasons. The first of which is this is the very first episode that we have recorded together in person. We are cheek to cheek sharing a microphone. Yeah, so if we... um, if we sound a little different, or if there is background noise, just so you know, we are flying without a net. We do not have two tracks. We cannot take stuff out. We are just going for it and recording this on one microphone. It's amazing, by the way. So basically, we ha- were having some discussions while we were doing a little thinking about the show, topics we want to cover, things we're excited about going forward. Um One thing is we realized that something in our intro might be confusing to people who don't live in Ireland or haven't been to Ireland. So Tara wanted to give you a little lowdown on what the crack is. Yeah, so I realized, sorry, I realized that in the intro, I talk about my family looking for the crack in Ireland. You're enjoying the crack. We're enjoying the crack. Thank you. Um, But to enjoy it, you have to find it. Um, seek it out. So the crack, for those of you who don't know, is not crack cocaine. Um, the crack in Ireland is a good time. It's banter. It's uh, having fun. It's just kind of the general term for what's the crack? Let's go and find some crack. That person's crack. Like it's just a great word for uh, fun, interesting things. So that is the kind of crack that we are enjoying in Ireland. I just wanted to get that out there in case there were any misconceptions that my family and I were crack addicts. Yeah, she just wanted to, yeah, that we don't, we're not talking about a drug problem, nor are we advocating moving to another country in order to use hard drugs. Yes, exactly. So with that clarification out of the way, um, we're digging, we're talking about making friends today. And I think that it's such a good topic because Caroline and I are both, as expats, we're also both in our 40s. And it's the kind of thing that you don't, ever think that you're going to have to make new friends. Like you're like, oh, I I have all my friends. And yeah, making friends is hard. Yeah. After you get out of school, I think no matter where you live, if you move to a new city, even if in your own country that you're, that you were born in, it can be really difficult and tricky to find people that have the same interests that you enjoy doing things. So Anyone who's concerned about their social life falling apart or disappearing when you move to another country, we wanted to give you some ideas and what we have done in order to make the friends that we have in our new cities and countries. It definitely takes work, right? I think we can both agree on that. It's not something that just comes easily. I think you really have to seek it out. Um, One thing that I did before moving to Dublin was I just sent out an email to all of my current friends, people I'd worked with, you name it, sort of a a huge email saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you know anyone that lives in Dublin? And a part of it was for job reasons because I was just trying to network and like figure out who was in Dublin that I might know. But what ended up happening is I had a few, quite a few coffee dates that came out of it. People were like, oh, my brother lives there or a friend of a friend, a person I used to work with. And 
you know, like, while some of those people obviously didn't become, like, great friends, it's just a fantastic way to feel like you are getting out, meeting people, and sort of beginning the process of working on building that network for yourself. Yeah, it's great to have those kind of connections ahead of time, especially if you have friends that have similar interests to you and they know what you're into, then you can connect to other people pretty quickly. I also think people want to help, you know, like it's the kind of thing that like if if they know someone or if, if there's any way that they can, you know, kind of help you out in the move, I think people just like, I think people are really willing and, and happy to help. The other thing too is that when you leave where you were living before, I found that our friends wanted to have ways where they still felt connected to us and being able to introduce us to someone, a family member, a cousin, uh, an old friend, an old roommate. It sort of made us feel like we were still connected in a way if we were spending time with people that they care about as well. So that it is a good way to kind of maintain your friendships that you have in your home country is taking them up on those introductions as much as you can. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree with that. Then once you get to the country, once you've made the move, um, obviously you're dealing with a lot. So like for me, it wasn't until about six months in that I was like, oh my God, I don't have any friends. Because I kind of like I'd been working and uh, like you just you know, all getting everything sorted, you know, put it, getting everything in, in place and, and set up. And it one night at dinner, my I just kind of looked at my husband and I was like, I don't, I don't think I have any friends. And he, you know, I, there are people that I worked with, whatever. But he was like, well, you haven't even tried to make friends, and that's sort of what spurred me on my journey and my plan to make friends in Ireland. Yeah, I think that once you're there, sometimes depending on the reason that you're arriving, it can be easier if you move with a partner for one person to make friends than the other. So I, once we arrived, about two weeks after we got here, I started a teacher training program for teaching English. And I ended up making friends with the majority of our program. There were about 12 of us. And I would say at least, I mean, six to eight of them I'm still in touch with regularly. Um, not all of them live in Berlin. Not all of them were planning to stay in Berlin. They just, some of them came to just do the program. But there are enough that lived here, and we shared enough interests in that we were all grammar nerds and enthusiastic about English that it was an easy way to make friends with people who were easy to talk to and fun to connect with. So that if you can do any kind of training or even if you're taking a job, if there's a way to get involved with a professional development or something that you're interested in so that you can get connected to other people who share that interest, it's a really easy way to start making friends. Especially in this case, since I was doing English teaching, pretty much everybody was also an expat. Um, so we were able to share that interest and we had shared context pretty quickly. I think that uh, the same thing actually happened when I first moved to Los Angeles. Um, I didn't know enough people, so I kind of fabricated that experience in creating a knitting group. And knitting is really great if you're a knitter uh, at all. It's good for connecting with people because you can do something with your hands. You have something that you can do that everybody shares the interest in, but it leaves your kind of mind free to talk about your life and your personality. And I've made some close friends from doing that. 
Yeah, I think hobbies is a really, really good point um, because when it dawned on me that I didn't have any friends, I realized, well, I'm not really pursuing any hobbies or doing anything outside of work that would enable me to come into contact with, you know, like-minded women. Uh, so what, like, I, I know that for my husband, he found, uh, it was the, hus- the husband of a coworker of mine, they ended up talking about music one night when we were out for dinner and... You know, the next thing we know, my husband is involved in a jam session. So he weekly meets up with four or five guys and they they jam. They have a little a little band and they play music together one night a week. And that's been fantastic because it gives him this outlet. He's able to play music, hang out, be creative, like get together with the Irish guys and have some crack. Aha. Aha. The crack. (laughs) So, yeah, and my husband also, he's a cyclist, and he likes to, you know, put on the Lycra, go out on the speedy bikes, and and ride around several times a week. And he likes to go and do races and travel and do that sort of thing. And I am not in the kind of shape where that is something that we do as a couple. Um, For me, cycling is transportation in Berlin. It is not... um, it's incidental that it's exercise. I don't do it deliberately to work out. But there are a lot of people who feel that way. So he was able to join. Um, there's a, a group in L.A. that's an international company and they have lots of, you know, it's a sh- clothing company and they have lots of shops and he's able to join their cycling club and be able to go on rides and they meet up at least twice a week. And he's met a lot of people that he likes through that, which brings up another thing, actually, which we didn't even go into before reading this episode, but the tension of that's different, I think, between living in Ireland versus living in Berlin is that we have this constant sort of uh, concern or navigation that we're doing, which is essentially, are we making German-speaking friends or are we ma- making English-speaking friends? And the tension is that since we want to speak German fluently, um, you can't kind of only hang out with English-speaking expats. And and my rule is basically if someone is a German native, I want to speak German with them. Um, and that I, I'm not going to force, you know, friends from Ireland or Scotland or England or, you know, Australia to speak German with me. Although I've been trying. <laughs> <laughs> She's learning. She's doing well. Um But essentially, if someone's native language is also English, then obviously we're going to speak English to each other. But when I go to the chiropractor, when I go to offices, when I go to restaurants, if if it's a German place, I'm going to speak German. That's sort of my rule. And so I do have at least I have a couple of friends who are German. And some of them it's tricky because we met years ago through English speaking friends. So the language, the language is set very early in your friendship. And if you get used to speaking English to each other, then it's really hard to switch. So I've had more trouble with friends from before who are German switching to German, but new friends that I have who are German speaking, some of them don't speak English very well. So that is awesome. And after I spend an entire day with a friend who our shared language is German, my German is better. So I think that's something, and that has been the case for Barry as well, is that it's a mix of English-speaking people and other languages as well as German. So that's been a way for him to make German-speaking friends. And also, another way that he has made friends is taking German language classes. So twice a week, he's been in a class for six, seven months. And so he's now on a little WhatsApp chat with his German-speaking friends. And so they're all in contact and it's a way to keep using the language. And the language kind of becomes the shared interest, especially in a language class situation because you're all learning together. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. We don't struggle so much with the language in Ireland. Sometimes, sometimes. So what I did in terms of putting together a plan was I realized that a lot of my hobbies that I'd been pursuing when I moved to Ireland were solitary. Like I was training for a half marathon. I was running by myself. I was, you know, like writing and reading, but like nothing that really included other people. So there was one day that I was at the gym and I was walking out. I look up on the bulletin board and there's a big recruitment poster for a local roller derby team. And I was like, we want you for roller derby. And I was like, oh my God, they, they want me for roller derby. <gasps> Speaking, they're pointing right at me. They want me. And so in my head, this was this met a lot of my criteria. I, I knew that the type of women attracted to roller derby were probably going to be uh, the kind of women that I would get along with. Uh, it was a physical activity. So it wasn't just like, let's go to the bar and, and have some pints, right? It was, uh, let's go out and get physical and sweat. And then um, additionally, like it was this new skill for me. Um, I skated a lot when I was 10, but it'd been a few decades. So it was the kind of thing that I could learn something new. I could do it in the supportive environment. I could meet a lot of women and just the team aspect, right? I haven't been part of a team, a sports team in a long time. So for me, I was like, this seems like a win-win. So I went and right away, right away, the very first night, I scoped out some girls. I'm like, they're going to be my friends. And I don't want to say I stalked them, but I sort of like... Over the course of our training, I was like, yep, those those two, they're, they're going to be my friends. I'm friends with everyone on the team, obviously, but it's just, it's been amazing because we sweat together, we hit each other, you know, in a very safe way. Um, we play games together, we win, we lose, we train, like, you name it. And this is such a global group of women. We have women from France, Australia, uh, the UK, uh, Argent- Argentina, like, it just all over the place and our shared interest is getting on roller skates and skating around but it's been amazing because we have social events obviously that you know are are part of that it's just been fantastic and most of the women on the team are Irish but it's just oh it's been so lovely having this group of women that support each other that want to get out and have a good time but also like push ourselves and and just have fun on roller skates so that has been amazing that's so cool yeah I I am too wimpy to try (laughs) such an activity but I find that going to events and and taking a little bit of a risk in your new city and thinking to yourself okay I mean there is a romantic notion to moving abroad especially if it's not your job announcing to you you are now being moved abroad if there's any degree of agency in your choice you probably had maybe not as ridiculously as I did but like visions of I had this like librarian bicycle and wearing tweed and like biking around like this is the kind of life I'm going to live and I'm going to do all my grocery shopping at the farmer's market which I basically do now but But if you have these notions of who you think you're going to become in this new place, go to events that line up with that that vision. So I have, in a similar way, I was lucky enough to go to a women's group meeting that the bio list on this women's group was terrifyingly intimidating. I was like, why did they even invite me? I can't believe it. These people are really, really amazing. But there's some lovely people there. And so I kind of scoped out all the writers, started interviewing them for the podcast. I've I've been searching about what writing events there are in Berlin for my other show. And really seeking out writers. And the nice thing is, is that the writers here I'm promoting their book by having them on my show if they've written a book or are working on writing. And then 
um, one in particular I interviewed said, oh, I'm really excited to introduce you to this amazing community of people who love literature and are writing and working on projects here in the city. So if you have any way, if you have a blog or you have any kind of reach, even through your work, if there's a way that you can hook people up with resources, introduce them to things that will support their projects, then people generally are extremely generous. That has been our experience. So pimping some people out on the website has meant I have made contacts with things that relate to my interest. I think you bring up a really good point in that it is sort of risky, right? You have to put yourself out there. And it sort of feels like you're back in school and you're going up to the girl that you want to be friends with and like, hi, do you want to be friends? And it's the same thing. It's just a little more convoluted and complicated when you get older. But that's the essence of what you're doing. But it does take you showing up. You have to have the desire, but then you also have to actually make it happen. And I think that's where people can get a little nervous. Um, but once you once you do it a couple of times, it you know it starts to it starts to feel a little better, a little more natural, and you realize that I think everyone just wants to connect at some level. So that's just kind of what you're doing. And uh, I know that I've shared my story with a lot of people in Ireland, and they just think I am mad for moving there. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like people people know my husband and I, like the crazy Americans who moved to Ireland. Um, but it's like it really just kind of takes you owning who you are, figuring that out, figuring out what type of people you want to be friends with, and then stepping into it. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet moved, I will tell you that after all the things that you have to do in order to execute the move to another country, going to some event and talking to a stranger is going to feel like nothing. Once you've, <laughs> once you've like filled out pages and pages of forums to like transport your dog to another country and you've dealt with airlines and you've dealt with do we do we keep this pack of post-its or not am I a bad person if I give this away and gone through all your stuff once you've made all of those decisions just going to like a reading at a bookstore and saying hey I really enjoyed the book to the author is going to feel like nothing I assure you yeah there's nothing like a trip or two to the immigration office to make you realize, oh my God, I can talk to a normal person just fine. Yeah, if I don't need to, you know, translate everything I'm saying into German and I'm worried about what this is going to mean for my future life here, you know, we'll, we'll go through these kinds of processes later. But I think once you've done this, it does up your tolerance for risk and it won't feel so scary. And this is part of the reason why you're doing this in the first place, to be honest, is I didn't want to be living a lazy life. And and by lazy, I don't mean not doing anything because we were working our asses off in LA to make ends meet. But I didn't want to just continue doing the same thing because we weren't creative enough to come up with something better. And also, the nice thing about moving to a new country is that you're likely to meet the people who have the same values. And people who have, the nice thing about having expat friends versus local friends, the ideal scenario is that you meet couples where one of them is from the local culture and one of them is from abroad. And this is really common in Germany. And we had this lovely tip from a woman who is a diplomat who was sitting in the row with us when we flew to Germany when we moved here 
in the first place. She said, what you want to do with friends is you want to make friends with couples where one of them's German and one of them's maybe British or American or English speaking, basically, because then you have one partner who relates to you being an outsider and the other one can give you the inside scoop on what's going on, can sort of connect you to the German culture side of it. And we have a few friends where this is the case, um, a few couples, and it has proved to be fantastic. So if you're moving to a place where they don't speak your native language, um, and if your native language is relatively common, like English, then as long as you can meet couples where this is the case, you're going to learn a lot. That is a really good tip. (laughs) Um, the other thing that I wanted to share is just that, uh, before I found the roller derby team, I had just started to like investigate other ways that I could meet people. And for me, there were a number of apps and websites that I sort of started to look at. I ended up not pursuing them, uh, fully because I didn't feel, because it felt like I was putting together like a dating profile. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can like sell myself online anymore in that way. Um, and I wanted it to be a little more organic, but there are really, really good apps that I think people have had a lot of success with. I know Bumble does a friend, I know it's a dating thing, but they also have a friend only side to the app. So you can just sign up to make friends in your area. But then also the one that I was really checking out in Dublin is called Girl Crew. And that um, they organize social events and then people show up and you meet people that way through doing something really interesting, like an interesting experience that they put together. Um, so there are things like that out there that you can uh, you can do. Even things like Instagram, you know, like using the right hashtags or like whatever that might be. I think you start to sort of get into the community and uh, whether it's following people online and then reaching out, like there's a lot of ways that you can navigate this. Yeah, definitely for the cycling community, Instagram has been huge for Barry. So they will put up, hey, I'm going to go on a ride to this location. And once you follow some people from the area, there's a lot of people that he's met just because they had followed each other on Instagram previously. And then finally, I know this is an older site, but I originally set up my knitting group in LA when I first moved there on Meetup. And there is quite a lot on Meetup in Berlin, particularly for writing groups. There's a group here called Shut Up and Write that I keep meaning to go to, but my schedule's gotten a little bit crazy. But you can go and they just time and everybody sits and writes together. And I have friends who have been and said everybody who goes is really lovely. So those kinds of things, just put your interest in or things that you thought, maybe I'm going to become the kind of person who fill in the blank. Look up groups for that. If you want to be a wine sommelier or something in your new city or some kind of farm to table, you know, balcony gardener or whatever your aspirational aspects of being in this new place is, make friends with people who do it. And then it's very likely you will do that thing. Um, you can learn from them, and it's it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. I will say that no matter which uh, <clears throat> method or app or process you decide to follow in order to make friends, I think we can both agree that you sort of have to be aggressive in terms of making the plans, like following up. It's not just – you can't just send a text and like, oh, like maybe we should get together. Like you have to repeatedly send that text. You have to make sure that – People understand that you want to be friends with them and actually follow through with that. It can't just be like a little, man, I'm just going to try this. Like you, like, I just, I just, I can't stress that enough. Like you might feel like you're um, bothering people or you're being a little too pushy, but that's how it happens. Yeah, I think there are different cultural issues with how you pursue people and how you connect with it. I mean, 
we had even got to the point where a friend of mine who's German, we've talked for years about writing a book about how to make friends um, interculturally. So like one difference is that Americans will, especially in California, have a tendency to say, we should do something sometime. And it's just a way to say like, you're a nice person. That's not just California. Yeah, it's a lot. And, 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 but if you say that to certain European cultures, it's like, I mean it and we're going to make it happen. And if you don't do it, they're sort of heartbroken and disappointed. So this tends to be a problem when Europeans move to the US. They think, oh, all these people want to be friends with me and then they don't follow through. So one thing to know when you get to Europe, if you say like, I want to do something, or if they say that, they generally really mean it. And the other thing is, is that um, with friends of mine who are British, they repeatedly say things to me like, I love, I love how American you are. You just say we're going to do something and then we do it. Like apparently the fact that I say, let's go see a movie and then follow it up with, I want to see this one on this day at this theater at this time. Do you want to come is considered extremely organized and really like a powerful plan maker. And everybody in my training group was like, oh, I'm not surprised that Caroline set up the WhatsApp group and can do that. And to me, that's not really all that intense, but it has meant that we're more likely to get together, which has been really great. And then as you get together with people more often, obviously, you get to know them better and you have more history. And then you start to feel like, as we're now seven months into living here, um, having drinks last night with a friend, it was like, wow, I really know kind of I have a little bit of a trajectory picture about this person. And this person is becoming a real friend rather than just an acquaintance. So it takes time, but it will feel worth the effort. I love that the Germans are impressed by your efficiency. <laughs> this wasn't a German person who said this, actually. Oh, okay. To be fair, okay. it was not a German who said that. Okay. I have never had a German say anything <laughs> about my efficiency, to be honest. Um, this was somebody from England who okay. said that. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Sorry, Germans. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's just... Um, yeah, they just say, okay, what are we doing? You know, the people I know who speak German, they're like, yeah, we're doing this. We got a plan. We got a time. Like, they're equally kind of on it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, like, to wrap it up, it's not it's not easy. It takes time. You have to work at it. But it's possible. You know, I've made some great friends in Ireland, and I'm I'm super excited about making more friends there. Yeah, it's a really wonderful way to expand your reach um, in terms of your connection with the culture, your investment, and really feeling like you're home in the new yeah, place. Yeah. So just take risks. I mean, I am shocking to many people to know, but I am pretty introverted. And so I do need a good amount of time by myself. So I had to stretch and say, okay, I'm going to try to do two things a week that are going to put me with other people. And then I can also have this time alone. Um, and so you can regulate that way, but I, I think it is worth it. And then as you get to know people, then you can have those nice one-on-one -on -one conversations that don't feel so intense. You don't have to go to meetup giant groups forever and going to a writing meetup group or, you know, something more introverted, like, I don't know, stamp collecting or whatever is not going to be as intense. You don't have to join like a volleyball team and all, you know, chest bump all the time in order to make friends. I don't think I would even know how to do that, actually. Don't worry, I'll teach Caroline how to chest bump before I leave. Um, yeah, so if you have questions or you have ideas on, you know, ways that you've made friends or uh, you know, anything regarding this topic, we are happy to talk more about it. Um, we will have some of the links to the apps that we mentioned uh, in our show notes. And it's been so exciting to talk with Caroline in Berlin. Also, speaking of friends, we want to thank a couple of friends of the show Okay, so one thing, I know we always say reach out, 
Um, we're kind of dum-dums and we just didn't think anyone was ever going to write us. So we didn't really check our Gmail for the show. So there is that nice email on our website and we Tara was really good and looked in it recently and was like, oh my God. Well, we it have- wasn't that good because it took me like two months to check the email. Yeah, but, but you did it at yeah, all. I yeah. didn't even do it. So it looks in there. I was like, we have letters from people. So we want to thank a couple of people for writing in and sharing a little bit about your experience. And we hope that you will write us in the future. If you have questions, we were thinking about adding a mailbag feature to the end of the show where we can share comments that you share. Um answers short questions other things like that we're we're excited to add that to the show if it's something people would enjoy yeah so big thank you to kate to gill and to my dad for (laughs) for for sending an email yeah we were very excited to hear from gill who moved from the u.s to canada is a doctor and his experience is switching over and then kate we're really sorry we didn't write you back thank you for sharing that you were interested in having the show on Apple and on iTunes. Many people wrote us about that. We had a little trouble getting that going at first, but we're really sorry that we didn't write back to say it was up until long after it was up. So we're going to be much better with the email going forward. And thanks to everybody for listening yet again. Mm -hmm. And if you like what we're doing and you'd like to leave a review or a rating or just tell one of your friends about our podcast, we would really appreciate the support. Yeah, every review and rating that you leave on iTunes really does help more people find the show. So even just clicking a star rating makes a huge difference. You don't even have to type up a whole review, although we do love reading them. Thanks for being our friend. (laughs) On that note, we say, Auf Wiedersehen. Auf auf Wiedersehen. (laughs) Tschüss. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening to GTFO Pod. For show notes, links, and other fun things, head to gtfopod.com. You can stay in touch with us on social media with the hashtag GTFOPod. See you next time.